I always enjoy bringing you the latest. This is The Scoop. It's The Scoop with Darren Dookie Wolfson from 5 Eyewitness News. And away we go on Scoop Podcast episode 402 on this Friday late afternoon, the 28th of October. The year is 2022. No time to waste. We'll get to notes, then conversations in no particular order. Some background on Jamison Battle. So the Gophers basketball star, I think he has a legit chance, well, certainly to be all Big Ten, but first team all Big Ten on the radar of NBA teams. One of the best returning players in the conference. Some background on the minor foot surgery he underwent this week from somebody who is directly involved. I was told nothing crazy, just a small surgery with removing a bone from his foot that was causing some pain and soreness. Out possibly two to three weeks, it made sense to have surgery now while in the early part of the season. So Jamison being back for the opener on November 7th against Western Michigan seems pretty aggressive, but hey, timelines can vary athlete to athlete. So it's not like I can sit here and rule out Jamison for the opener. He will be out for the exhibition game next week against St. Olaf, but this is not any sort of long-term injury. So that is the good news. Future Gophers basketball player, Dennis Evans, he'll be on the podcast in a bit has an NCAA certified agent working on his behalf for name image likeness opportunities. That agent is Harrison Gaines. The Gophers backed away in recent months from junior Jack Robeson of Lakeville North. He committed to Wisconsin this week. The plan for Ben Johnson and the Gophers right now is to take only one high school player from the 2024 class. The Spurs, while in town this week to play the Wolves, hopped over to Gophers basketball practice to check out the team. The Thunder have been through, the Nets, the Nuggets, so NBA teams paying attention to the Gophers. The NFL trade deadline is Monday. Kwesi Adolfo Mensa of the Vikings is working the trade front pretty good. Positions he's on the lookout for. Receiving help, interior defensive line help, possibly a cornerback. Seems a long shot. But one receiver, heck, multiple receivers they've checked in on, I hear. One being Pittsburgh's Chase Claypool, another being Houston's Brandon Cooks. Nothing seems imminent as I sit here at 410 Central on Friday afternoon. The Vikings never made even one inquiry, nothing, zero, nada, with the Chicago Bears before the Bears traded this week pass rusher Robert Quinn to the Philadelphia Eagles. The Bears and Packers will have scouts at tomorrow's Gophers-Ruckers game to watch Mo Abraham, John Michael Schmitz, Tyler Newbin, and many others. Jalen Noel of the Wolves, we know will hit the jackpot in free agency next summer. If you listen to this podcast regularly, you know that what The Athletic reported this week is not new news. The Wolves have had extension talks with Noel Going back months, they made multiple offers in June, didn't come close with Noel. He never even like considered signing on the dotted line. Now, hey, the Wolves' first offer or multiple first offers there in June, that doesn't need to be the Wolves' final offer. So this thing can play out. The Wolves can sign Noel to an extension anytime 
during the season. But at this point, the way he's playing, the minutes he's getting, he's always been a bucket getter, but now his defense is on another level. By the way, going back to the summer, Noel spent 20 minutes at the beginning of every single workout working on his defense. He also goes over film religiously after each game, like the night of. So before he goes to bed, after each game, he has a coach he works with who goes over with a fine-tooth comb, film from the game, both good and bad. Noel has upped his in-game. He is very, very happy right now with the minutes he's getting, his role, happy that he's able to prove that he is a big-timer. Like, hey, I'm not suggesting he's Tyler Hero or Jordan Poole, but I don't. This is my own personal bias, my own personal opinion, because I know how good of a person Jalen Noel is. Heck, I've mentioned he came to a practice back in February. I was coaching my younger son's team in the West Metro. Jalen came, spent time with the boys, ran full court with them, took a bunch of pictures, signed autographs. He was in the gym with us for almost two hours. Like, he's just, he's got this heart of gold. So I know how good of a person he is. We had a lengthy discussion on this podcast going back maybe a couple hundred episodes. You could Google it. You could find it. It was like a 35-minute conversation after his rookie year where he cut open a vein on growing up, losing a parent, losing some others close to him, all he's battled, working with a sports psychologist, overcoming some mental hurdles. So if you want to learn more about Jalen, track down that lengthy conversation from a previous Scoop podcast. But what I'm saying is, okay, look at the money Hero got in Miami, almost what, $30 million a year. Look at the money Poole got with the Warriors, almost $30 million a year. Noel isn't far off from those guys. Like he's worth to me at least half of what those guys are getting. So the Wolves just never came close. Maybe they'll come close come next summer. But right now, the Wolves and Noel are not close. If the Wolves sign anybody to an extension, I imagine it would be Nas Reed. Those talks are ongoing, but my sense right now is nothing is close. I hear that the Twins' new trainer, in fact, his name isn't even in front of me, but he comes from the Oakland A's. I hear good things about him, though. I had somebody who knows text me saying, hey, that is a really good hire. I also heard some stuff about Michael Salazar, the former trainer. Now, hey, I'm not into knocking a guy further down after he's been fired. But let's just say they could have brought in literally anyone and things are or were going to improve. Like Salazar, just a bunch of negative stories about him, but I get it. Like he's already out the door. We don't need to knock him down any further. But it sounds like the Twins hire this new trainer is a rock star-esque hire. All right, let's now get to conversations. Let's begin with Kyle Gibson, speaking of the Twins, former Twins pitcher Kyle Gibson, Twins first round pick many years ago. He is now a member of the Philadelphia Phillies. He'll be playing in his first World Series game one tonight. Phillies at Astros best of seven. Gibson will help the Phillies out of the bullpen. I caught up with Kyle at his hotel room in Houston. Let's even piggyback off that, Kyle. Just how much of a whirlwind is this right now? Just how crazy is this right now? Yeah, it is. It's been a, uh unreal experience. Um, you know, I've used the word unbelievable probably too many times um, because I think, you know, at some point you start saying it and meaning like you didn't believe that you were going to be there. But I knew that, you know, deep down, a lot of us understood how good of a team we had. But uh, it's just been an unreal experience, you know, just having the chance to uh, – 
to experience this game at the highest level possible and everything that goes with it, uh, all the hoopla and everything, um, has been a lot of fun. But so much has to go right. Like I think about you guys here with the Twins in what nineteen, you appeared in the playoffs in that series against the Yankees. Like that was a really special team. But you guys lost in the first round. Like so much has to go right, right? Yeah, so much has to go right. And I think because of that and because of, you know, the wild card game in 17, same thing. Uh, you know, there's a lot of guys in here in this locker room that say it too is you got to enjoy it. You got to make sure you savor it because you just don't know how often it's going to happen. You know, we got guys like Kyle Schwarber that have been in the playoffs. You know, I think he said six or seven out of his eight years. Uh, and then, you know, guys like myself in like three out of nine. Uh, you know, and, and guys that have never been at all, you know, Segura and JT first time ever. So, um, you know, it, it really is important to savor it, uh, soak it all in, um, because, you know, especially as I'm getting older, you just never know how many chances you're going to get. What's the balancing act of this is an unreal run, but you still have four more wins to go that, hey, over time, people always remember the World Series winner. You don't necessarily remember the World Series loser. Yeah, you just keep telling yourself that you're not done yet. You know, each time that you celebrate, uh, you understand that that there's another bigger party to come next round. So um, you, know, you try to you try to keep that end goal in mind. Um, but it's similar to, to excuse me to you know what you do along the the way in the season, right? You know, you celebrate every win because you know there, it's hard to win in the big leagues. So um, you don't ever want to minimize or diminish the accomplishment of getting to the World Series or winning the uh, National League Division Series because, um, you know, it's just not a given. So um, I think that's where, you know, some of the the veterans in the locker room, you know, make sure that everybody's having fun and and enjoying themselves and savoring the moment. But when you move past it and you get to the new city, you start the new series, it's like, okay, um, you know, here's the goal. Here's what we're trying to accomplish. Now let's go do it. Growing up in Indiana, like, is this what you visualize? I mean, maybe it's a cliche, but <laughs> like, as you're an 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16 year old, do you visualize, hey, one day, hopefully I can pitch on the biggest stage possible? You know, uh, when I was, gosh, I was probably in that 13 to 15 year old range. Um, and then, especially as I got closer to college, you know, my goal along the way was always try to play at the highest level possible each level I get to. Um, so one of the reasons why I chose uh, Missouri, you know, was I had, you know, a couple of Big Ten offers um, and some some teams around the Midwest, but none of them as big of a chance to play as Missouri in the Big 12. Um, so for me, that was the biggest stage I could play on and have a chance to play. Um, and then as you get drafted, you know, you just wanted to keep moving up and, and keep playing at the highest level you could. And um, so, yeah, this is definitely a goal that has been you know, 20 years in the making and, and getting the chance to play at the highest level possible. I mean, have you had many better weeks? I mean, you know, you're a dad, right? So there have been better <laughs> weeks, but like birthday, what, a few days ago and now game one here tomorrow night? Yeah, I mean, uh, that was that was an unbelievable way to celebrate my birthday, uh, let alone never playing a professional game on my birthday. And now you get a clinch and go to the World Series on your birthday. Uh, not much better than that. So in the game, uh, one of my more special birthdays. Uh, somebody asked me today in the World Series media if that was my best birthday. I said, you know, I got to be fair here. You know, uh, I've had some people give me some some very special gifts. My wife took me uh, at the time. I was a Cubs fan uh, in college. She took me. We sat in the bleacher seats for one of my uh, birthday presents. Um, and uh, let's see, uh, I got my first car when I turned 17, my first used F-150 uh, for my mom and dad. So, um, I gotta be, gotta be fair to them. 
that was a very cool gift. Don't get me wrong. But uh, my kids, my wife, my parents, they've made some uh, of those birthdays special as well. What's the roller coaster like of, you know, adjusting to this new role where seemingly you're being used out of the bullpen? Yeah, it's uh, it's been fun. Um, you know, obviously, I would love to be starting, you know, every third or fourth game, whenever that is. Um, but, you know, down the stretch, didn't get the results and didn't pitch how I wanted to pitch. And, you know, it comes down to the point where you want to win and you want to do everything you can to to help the team win. And um, whether that's trying to be a little bit of wisdom in the bullpen, you know, just to be, uh, you know, someone who's been in the playoffs a couple of times. Um, I think that's part of my role. And and then try to give the bullpen a break. You know, if the game's not going our way or if we have a big lead and and they think I can get a couple innings, then then that's my chance to go out there and do it and have fun. So I uh, I'm not diminishing any chances I get. You know, if it doesn't matter to me the score, uh, I'm just going out there and having fun. You have a sense of what your role will be for this series? Same thing. Um, you know, I, it could be uh, it could be a couple outs here in a close game. Who knows? Some of these games have been going to extra innings, and uh, I think that's the the trickiness of the bullpen. It's trying to make sure that you're ready, uh, staying locked in, and understanding that um, you got to be ready to pitch. You know whichever day your name comes up. If I had told you on, say, May 27th that we would be sitting here talking on October 27th about you playing in the World Series, what would you have told me? Oh, man. Uh, you know, I we were very clear to the media in April and May. You know, we were obviously getting hammered in Philly, and, and we had a lot of high expectations, and we weren't living up to them. And um, we were clear. We're like, listen, this is a 162-game expectation. So, uh, I know it sounds cliche, but come talk to us in September and October and see where we're at. And if we don't meet your expectations, then then let's talk about it. Um, we always had belief. You know, I think uh, you always have a little bit of doubt in your mind when things get rough and, and adversity and failure brings that out. Um, but as a team, we always believed that we knew we were a good team. And um, we started hitting. Our, you hear it all the time, right? Every year, you know, the, the wild card team hits their stride at the right time. And all of a sudden they find themselves in the World Series. Uh, well, this is now, let's see, the Nationals did it in 19. Uh, the Braves did it last year, and here we are doing it this year. So um, it happens a lot, and there's a lot of truth to it. Yeah, I mean, I would think, like, playing high-intensity games, like, up until, like, literally the last day of the regular season, or maybe for you guys it was, like, the second-to-last day of the regular season. But, like, to me, there's probably something to be said about playing those high-intensity games and then, boom, right into the playoffs. Yeah, no doubt. Um, I think it'll be interesting here over the next couple of years as we see, you know, how these ones and two seeds do after that first five day layoff. Um, you know, obviously the Yankees didn't play great in the championship series, but they even still didn't play great against the, the Indians, you know, in the DS. Um, and then, you know, the Dodgers get knocked out. Uh, we beat the Braves. Um, you know, I mean, I, the, the only team that really kind of skated through was the Astros. So, uh, it'll be interesting to see what teams kind of think about, you know, being that in that position the next few years. But it could have just been one of those weird years. You know, there's I think the one thing that was really cool this year uh, is that there's a lot of teams at the top that are very good teams. Um, now, I think when you get to the bottom of the league, you know, there was a lot of parity, but uh, and, and a lot of uh, volatility in, in in the quality of teams. But, you know, the top 10 teams were all really good this year. And I think, you know, it could be a testament to that as well. Your time here in Minnesota, how did that set you up for, you know, you land a nice contract in Texas and the trade to Philadelphia, but how did your time here in Minnesota shape you to, you know, rise to this moment now with the Phillies? Yeah, there's a lot of people that um, helped me get to where I am today. Um, you know, just talking with guys like, you know, Cindergard and Marsh, who were teammates with Kurt Suzuki in L.A., and just getting to talk about Kurt, you know, what Kurt did for my career, um, 
you know, I can't put it into words, you know. Um, a guy across the way here with the Astros, Jason Castro, those two guys uh, and Joe Maurer, I was lucky to have those guys behind the plate for my entire time there. And, uh, you know, what those guys did for me as a pitcher, um, I can't even put it into words. So, um, but not, let alone, you know, off the field, just the people a part of the organization of Minnesota, um, you know, I had a, I had a lot of chances to fail. You know, I was given a lot of leash to go out there and and get 25 starts and get 30 starts and you know get innings under my belt and and develop and um, that's something that I'll always be thankful for. You know, they uh, in 2017, even when they sent me down, you know, uh, Derek and Thad were very clear that hey, this is a reinvestment in who you are and not us giving up on you. And um, it turned out to be one of the better things for me, you know, getting down there and, and relearning myself a little bit, relearning my identity a little bit and, uh, you know, jumpstarting me over to the next, you know, four or five years. So it's Castro and it's Presley. Are those the two former teammates in the other dugout? Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, two of the closer guys that I still stay in, stay in touch with as well. And, um, you know, I'm excited to see those guys over the next few days. Yeah. I mean, how ridiculously good is Presley? I mean, we saw some here with the twins, but He's gone to another level with the Astros. Yeah, you know, some teams just have a different way of saying things, right? You know, we were fortunate to have great pitching coaches there in Minnesota, so I don't know if it was just a little change of scenery and, and a change of role and and just somebody finding that one little thing, right, that takes you to a new level because everybody in the big leagues, you're really just a small adjustment away from being really bad or being really good and being great and being elite. Um, you know, you all we all have really good stuff, and sometimes it's just, you know, deploying it a little bit different, you know, using it a little bit different. And, uh, you know, that can make a world of difference. What's it like playing in Philadelphia? You mentioned how they were hammering you pretty good there in late May, but I imagine they embrace you like no other market has. Yeah. I mean, they, they really just want a winner, right? You know, they, they had gone a long time without a playoff team and, um, you know, they've been in a situation where uh, the teams have, have kind of, you know, come up short, right. You know, they had the Eagles that won the Super Bowl. Um, but the Eagles have, or the Phillies had gotten right there. And then, you know, we had kind of struggled in September and the Sixers have gotten right there. Same thing. Um, so they really just, they expect the players to play hard, right? They're a blue collar city. They want you to go out there and play hard and they want to see good baseball. And when you don't play good baseball, you know, you hear the boo birds, obviously. Uh, and when you do play good baseball and you get to the, the playoffs, you know, they show up. Uh, the atmosphere the last two weeks has been unbelievable. Um, just it's, one of the best atmospheres I've played in, and I haven't even gotten to play at home yet. Uh, just being in the bullpen and hearing it, um, it's been it's been incredible. Yeah, I mean, I imagine, like, you know, nothing to take away from Friday, Saturday there, games one and two in Houston, but, like, game three, Monday night in Philly, heck, Halloween night, you know, so people might be lubed up all day, maybe not working <laughs> all day. You know, heck, if they're going to the game, they're probably not working all day anyway, but, like, Monday night in Philly is going to be absolutely crazy. <laughs> Yeah, I uh, I can only imagine because the 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 DS I think had a little bit extra uh, push to it because it was the Braves' first playoff series they had had in a while. Don't get me wrong, they were they were ruckus and rowdy for for San Diego um, by all means. You know when Harper hit that home run in the eighth inning in Game Five, I don't know that I've heard a place louder. Um, but I think the World Series is going to be really interesting. It's going to be a lot of fun. I think you know uh, who knows you'll you'll probably still have people that are. You know, well, they boo anyways, but you have people getting on the Astros because they're the Astros. So uh, I don't think Philly fans have had a chance to to boo them yet since 2019. So they might take their chance to do that. But uh, either way, um, they're going to be rowdy. It's going to be fun. Kyle, any final thoughts for Twins fans that will view this that still are following your happenings? No, I mean, I think uh, 
I think it's just, you know, for me, my wife and I still, uh, we always cherish our time in Minnesota. We, we really enjoyed the community, you know, how the team rallied around some of our charitable efforts, how the teammates rallied around them. Um, you know, and like I said, I think, you know, we were treated as family, uh, for all that time. And, um, you know, I think it was, you know, we had our ups and downs obviously on and off the field, but, um, you know, I'll, I'll always be thankful for, for my time there. Uh, actually I got a text from, you know, Terry Ryan on my birthday, you know, it's, it's still, it's still little things like that, 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 uh, mean a lot, you know, quite a few people from, from the twins have reached out as well and, and to say congratulations. And, um, you know, just, just that you can tell how many people in that organization cared. So, um, you know, it, we really appreciate it and, and we enjoyed every, uh, every year we had there. Anybody surprise you with a text message? Like, you know, Terry Ryan, that doesn't surprise me. I mean, he's an A plus human being, but any text <laughs> message you got from somebody with the twins, you're like, well, I didn't expect to hear from that person. Uh, no, not unexpected. You know, the, it's, it's just the same people that really show that care, right. You know, you know, Mike Ruth and J.R. DiMercurio, the two guys that drafted me and, and signed me in 2009, you know, those guys both reached out, um, you know, a couple of clubhouse guys, uh, you know, Mike Herman, you know, he'll appreciate me mentioning his name. Uh, Mike Love Herman Mike, reached yeah. out, yeah. Um, you know, just, just a lot of those guys, you know, just just people that, that really care about you as a person. And um, that really means a lot. You know, it's the friendships in this game. You, whenever you talk to somebody who retires and is done playing, you know, it's the friendships that they made. It's the relationships that they had that, that mean the most. And um, it's no different when you leave a city and you go somewhere else. You know, those relationships, you know, mean a lot to us. And, um, you know, the sooner we can have a chance to get together for dinner, the better, you know, and when it comes to my book for those guys. So, um, you know, they mean a lot to Elizabeth and I and, and uh, you know, that stage of our life. Kyle, thank you for doing this. I appreciate it. Thank you. Appreciate you. Kyle Gibson, one of my favorite people from covering sports now, what, 25 plus years in this market. The Twins did not attempt to re-sign Kyle after the 19 season. He signed a three-year, $28 million deal. Good for him. He got paid. He signed that deal at the Texas Rangers, then middle of last year, traded to the Phillies. This whole season spent with the Phillies. He'll be a free agent again this winter. I don't foresee the Twins going after him, but heck, I'd love to see him back here, but not a scenario I see happening. But we'll certainly follow Kyle's happenings over the next couple weeks all right let's now transition quickie conversation with former wolves guard current la laker patrick beverly had a chance to grab him quickly this morning after a lakers shoot around at target center i'm super excited to see some old friends obviously my teammates but you know the people behind the curtains you know uh people that worked in the organization people the clerk that worked at the front desk you know the guys when i come in when we land so uh i'm super excited is it bittersweet, though? I mean, the no. fact that you could still be here and they decided to trade you? No, nah, never bittersweet. It's always love. You know, I, I helped the economy in the city last year, so it can never be anything negative. It's always love here. Why do you think they traded you? Uh, I don't know. Uh, you know, new ownership had a different direction. You know, things that's out of my control. But, uh, uh, I mean, we had a blast this past year. Uh, a lot of good memories uh, coming in from, you know, uh, Halfway empty house, so, you know, been in the season and full crowd, you know, every every time we stepped on the floor. So, uh, you know, the fans have been great, like a, like a second home for me, for sure. Yeah, I mean, you certainly backed up your words. You said, hey, we're going to the playoffs, and you took this franchise to a spot that it hasn't been to very often. Yeah, a lot of people didn't believe me, you know. Uh, but it wasn't just me, obviously. It was, a, it, was a, it was a group of guys, and we did something special, you know, something that, uh, you know, guys never forget. What did you think of the Wolves trading for Gobert? Uh, great, great. 
Uh, I think it helps um, issues that, uh, you know, the team had last year in rebounding and rim protection. Uh, I, mean, I like it. I like it. Should be an entertaining one tonight at Target Center. Wolves and the winless Lakers enjoyed catching up briefly this morning also off camera, off mic, with Rob Palenka, Lakers general manager, former agent. I first got to know Rob pre-draft for Tyus Jones, so he invited me to a Tyus Jones draft party in downtown Minneapolis that epic night when the Wolves acquired Tyus. Flip Saunders came down the street. Really, really fun night. June of what would that have been? 2014, 2015. This is what happens when you get to my age, 42. Years blend together. Or was it 16? Anyway, a number of years ago, it wasn't 16, right? Because Flip passed away in what, 15? So was it 14? Must have been 14. Anyway, a handful of years ago when Rob Palenka was still an agent, he represented Tyus Jones. You know, when Tyus was drafted, so pre-draft into his rookie contract, but then Rob got the job with the Lakers, running the Lakers front office a few years ago. All right, let's now transition to the aforementioned Dennis Evans. One other Gophers men's basketball note. So last Saturday, Williams Arena, they had a, quote, secret scrimmage against Colorado State. I did hear from some people that were in the gym, but no fans were allowed. No media was allowed. Nobody tweeted out a box score, anything like that. But I hear Dawson Garcia played very well in like only 15-ish minutes. I hear new starting point guard Talon Cooper played well. I hear new freshman. Heck, that's repetitive, right? If you're a freshman, you're new. Freshman forward from Park in Cottage Grove, Pharrell Payne. I hear Pharrell Payne played well as well. Those three were singled out. In terms of winning and losing, Ben Johnson played every guy on the roster. There was no reason to go win the game. Garcia only played 15-ish minutes. So I wasn't even told who won or lost. I was told if the Gophers wanted to play to win, they would have won by double digits. But, you know, full disclosure, Colorado State was down its best player, an all-conference point guard, will be back at some point this year because the comeback to that is, hey, the Gophers are down, Parker Fox and Isaiah Enan, but Colorado State is getting back this particular player at some point in the next month or so, but he did not play last Saturday. So the Rams were not, you know, fully healthy. So hard to compare the two rosters, but I was told if Ben Johnson wanted to, he could have won that game comfortably. All right, here's my conversation with Gophers 2023 commit five-star center from the state of California. It is Dennis Evans. Dennis, I appreciate you doing this. Congratulations on your commitment. Take us through why you want to be a Minnesota Gopher. Uh, I feel like I could provide a, you know, a lot of value to the team and help, you know, hopefully bring a winning culture towards the side. How tough was the decision or was it an easy decision? It was a pretty tough decision, but, you know, once I made it, I'm fully committed to it. Was it the official visit here just a few weeks ago where that put things over the top? Like, how great was the visit you had here? Uh, the visit I had was really good. You know, I got to see how everything is run, how things are going around, in the, you know, in the area and everything. What's it been like since you made your commitment? Has your phone been blowing up? Have a lot of people reached out to you know, congratulate you? Uh, yeah, a lot of people reached out to congratulate me on my decision. Take me through the moment. Was it Coach Johnson 
specifically that you reached out to Dennis to say, hey, I want to be a gopher. Take me back to that moment, whether it was a text or phone call. Take me back to that moment when you told the gopher staff, hey, I want to be a gopher. Yeah, it was a phone call over the phone. Uh, I called him the same day and I told him that, you know, I, I would like to be a gopher. And what was their reaction? You know, they were happy. Yeah, I mean, I can only imagine. Like, how did all this transpire? Because the question I get a lot, Dennis, is how did the Gophers pull this off? You know, a player of your caliber, five-star from the state of California. It's not like you're from here in Minnesota. Like, what would you tell to those people? Heck, I'm curious myself. Like, how exactly a five-star California kid lands here in Minnesota? You know, I felt like it would be a real good fit for me to, you know, come in, continue to get better, and showcase what I've already worked on so far. What did you know about Minnesota before, you know, their their recruitment of you, you know, really picked up steam? I knew it was a really hardworking culture, and, they, and they're really good at finding people who are going to come in, work hard, and to make sure they can do the best that they can. Did I hear right that the guard right now, Henley on the Gophers, is somebody that you have a relationship with? Uh, yeah, he, uh, me and him used to play on the same AAU team when we were younger. So him being here, how much did that factor into your decision? I wasn't too big of a factor, but he did, you know, help inform me of the college a little bit more. How will you fit into Ben Johnson's offense? I feel like I'll be able to fit in really well, you know. It won't take too much. From, I won't have to, you know, change too much. And I feel like I'll be able to just come in and hopefully contribute. What kind of player are you? I mean, you know, we can go to YouTube. We can see the clips. but. If you had to describe the kind of player you are, how would you describe? Uh, it's always hard to pinpoint down because I always like to get better at certain areas where I'm not too good at. Well, but I always, I always yeah. think of myself as a defensive player with you know pretty good offensive potential, and I'm, I'm starting to get better at it. Are you still growing? I'm pretty sure it's starting to slow down, but I think I might be. Like, as far as you know, are your growth plates still open? Yeah. They are, so you could still grow another inch or two? It's Yeah, it could happen, yeah. So what are your measurements exactly? So how tall are you exactly, and how much do you weigh exactly? I'm 7'1", around 215 with a 7'7 wingspan. So is the idea, though, is things ramp up over the next year and you get here and join the Big Ten to put on a little bit more weight, as much weight as you can put on? Yeah, I would like to, you know, put on some more weight and hopefully keep the get a bit quicker, get a bit, you know, more decisive with my reads. How challenging will that be? Like, is it hard for you to put on weight? Uh, it's not super hard for me to put on weight. I just got to make sure, it's, you know, it's going to be beneficial for me. I'm not overdoing it or I'm not underdoing it to find that good, you know, mix. So just everything, Minnesota checks all the boxes. Right? Like, is there any box that Minnesota doesn't check? Uh, for me, I'm I'm not too much of a picky guy, and they pretty much check everything that I need. How aggressive were they in the recruitment of you? And I would imagine it's a fine line where, you know, it's possible a coach, a staff, like, overdoes it. Like, how did the Gophers find that happy medium of showing how inter interested they were in you but not overdoing it? You know, uh, I got a lot of conversations with them, you know, seen them in person a few times when they had the chance to. And, oh, you know, we just yeah. we discussed everything, talked a lot as we went along. Things. 
how close is the bond that you currently have with Ben Johnson? I have a real good close, you know, bond with him. He's a very truthful person. He hasn't told, you know, hasn't told me too much that, you know, I haven't seen. If I had told you, let's say, 18 months ago or two years ago, that, hey, let's fast forward two years, you'll be committing to the University of Minnesota. What would you have told me? I probably wouldn't be thinking I'd be, you know, being able to commit to a college at all because at that time, basketball wasn't, you know, too something I was too known for. So how did you develop? Take us through that story of, you know, freshman year, sophomore year into now, you know, your year right now. Like, how have you developed the last few years? Oh, for freshman year to sophomore year, it was all defensively, you know. Then in sophomore to junior year, it was more, you know, focused uh, getting better offensive, you know, moves that I can go to. And this year upcoming is the same thing, but getting better on both sides of the floor. Yeah, and, you know, heck, like what sort of work ethic do you have? Like are you just a complete gym rat? Uh, I work out pretty much almost every day. You know, the only day I probably won't, uh, I probably don't right now is, uh, say, Sunday. But I try to get in the gym almost every day, at least two times. Do you consider yourself a late bloomer? Like, because with your accolades, Dennis, like, I would expect all the blue bloods, right? Duke, Kentucky, you know, all those really big-time programs. But, like, you had Kansas for a bit, but then it came down to Minnesota and TCU. Like, do you just – do you feel like people have slept on you a little bit? I feel like it was just, just more of my game starting to blossom itself because uh, I didn't really truly start to really blossom until, like, the start of the summer. You know, my coach told me he wanted me to – he wanted to see me really work on the things in-game that I've been practicing and gave me a little bit more trust with it, and he's really encouraged me to do that. How great has it been wearing USA across your chest playing for USA Basketball? It was a tremendous experience, and I had a lot of fun out there while we were traveling. How much better have you gotten because of that USA basketball experience? I've gotten a lot better, you know, especially adjusting to the way the competition plays and, you know, just having to read everything while you're out there. So just in summation, to summarize all this, like, how much are you on cloud nine? I mean, how much of a sense of relief is it that, you know, this, this I would imagine at times, taxing process is finally, you know, it's over. It's come to a conclusion. Uh, I've never really kept it too much in my head because, you know, I try to take everything one step at a time, but it is a bit of a relief, you know, no longer uh, having to question where I might go and, you know, having to having to wait so long and just in case something might happen, something might go wrong. How hard was it to tell TCU no? It was a, it was a tough thing to do. I'm, I'm going to be honest because, you know, never want to let the other person down, but it's just something you have to do. But you knew in your heart of hearts that Minnesota is absolutely the right place for you? Yeah, I definitely would like to, you know, come here and continue to grow as a player and hopefully, you know, bring some success in the future, have success in the future while I'm there. Dennis, do you have a lasting message, a final message for, for Gophers fans that will either listen or or watch this that, that are super excited that you're coming next year? Uh, not too much to say, just, just, just to let you guys know, I'm going to be coming in to put in the work and hopefully, you know, see, see some huge improvements in my game and see some huge improvements in the team as we go along. Do you have NBA aspirations? 
Definitely. That's definitely a dream to one day be able to play in the NBA. How can the Minnesota staff help you reach that goal? No, just you continue to help me develop and, you know, teaching me the right things, showing me the right paths, things I got to do to, you know, hopefully prepare me and get ready for that next level. Is there a player in the NBA that you watch a lot of video of, you know, emulate your game after? I would say it would be Nikola Jokic and Joel Embiid. Yeah. I mean, can't go wrong. The two best big men in, in the game, right? Yeah, does, they're, they're just yeah. two most versatile right now as well. Yeah, I mean, how does your game then mirror either of those guys? I'm a really good, I'm pretty good catch and shoot shooter, extending to the three-point line now. And uh, my post footwork, it's it's getting a bit better. I'm getting better at my reads. You know, gotta I gotta be more decisive. You know, quicker on the move, but it's definitely getting better as we continue to work on it. What weaknesses do you have? Um, I definitely say it will be over. I'll be hesitating right now overthinking sometimes and not just letting the game come to me but i mean imagine that just comes with age right like you know as you advance as you graduate high school as you go from being a teenager to your 20s like i would imagine just gaining more experience and hopefully you can overcome some of those hurdles definitely i know i'll definitely be getting stronger with my body so it'll be a lot easier to you know do some of those lower post moves i just gotta you know continue to get uh smarter get quicker with my reads and do not hesitate as much. Dennis, as we get to know you, what will surprise us about you? Uh, probably the fact that I'm a really tall kid, but I don't say too much. So an introvert, you just, you're not yeah, one to, I'm, like, were you even hesitant to agree to do this interview that you don't like to do a lot of interviews? I'm not the best at interviews, but I'll do them. I mean, it's not a it's not a big deal. Heck, you've been fantastic. Like when I was your age, Dennis, heck, I was probably still finger painting, right? Like the thought of talking to some reporter or some talk show host, I would have curled up in the fetal position. I would have been scared, you know what. So the fact that you're pulling this off as a high schooler, kudos to you. Like this has been fantastic. Thanks. Any final thoughts, like anything that we didn't touch on, Dennis, that, that is important to know about you, your game, or your commitment here to Minnesota? Uh, no, that should be good. Did you form a nice bond with, you know, not only, you know, you have the bond with with Henley, but some of the other Gophers players when you were in town, did you get to know some of the other guys? Oh, yeah, I I talked to a few of the other guys, you know. Got to see them before practice because, you know, we came out there, watched them practice a little bit. What stood out when you watched practice? Just how hard they're going, you know, uh, how everyone has, you know, a set mindset of what they need to get better at, and they're all willing to work to get better at it. What sort of realistic expectations should we have, Dennis, for like the first year next year with you? Because there's always going to be an adjustment, high school to college, high school to the Big Ten. Like, what's realistic for expectations your first year? Oh, uh, definitely. It's, it's definitely going to be an adjustment, of course. But um, I'm, I feel like I'll really start to pick it up as I go along, you know, start seeing the more of the strides as I get better at everything, get better at reading people. Are you still in touch with a lot of the current Gophers? Like, do you guys text or is there some sort of group me message thing? I mean, are you keeping in contact with a lot of those guys? 
Uh, I'm not not too many of them, but you know, I'm definitely have to continue to do that as we go along. Like you know, Pharrell Payne or Braden Carrington. I mean, some of those younger guys that you know are pretty much guaranteed to be here in a year. Because like, I'd love to tell you, Jamison Battle and Dawson Garcia will be here beyond this year, but they may not be right. Like pro basketball is probably in in both their futures, right? So I don't know if those guys will be here. Be great though if you got to play with Dawson and Jamison. Right, but maybe more so the the younger guys. I definitely have to, you know, reach out and hopefully get in contact with them soon. So just, you know, once again, as we summarize this, just take me through just your emotions and how excited you are to wear the maroon and gold. It's a very exciting experience, you know, coming out there, being able to work and get better at everything and really showcase uh, my ability to adapt and learn. Perfect. Dennis, I appreciate you doing this. Again, I'm telling you, at your age, you know, and I now do this for a living, right? But at your age, I was I was not good. I couldn't string together more than a few words. So uh, the fact you pulled this off, I appreciate you doing this. Thank you for inviting me. Dennis Evans. We can either go back to Royce White committing to the Gophers, what, about 15 years ago, or Chris Humphreys, 19, 20 years ago, also committing to the Gophers. The last time the Gophers, at least from a star standpoint, got a recruit of this caliber. We knew when Ben Johnson took over from Richard Pitino that recruiting would go to another level. Well, here is further proof. I think Pharrell Payne has a really, really bright future, but... I'm not sure, like, the Gophers' landing pain, you know, resonated big time. But when you get Cam Christie out of the state of Illinois, one of the best players in the state of Illinois, Max Christie's younger brother, then you secure the commitment from Dennis Evans. This 23 recruiting class, just with those two players, is very, very solid. Recruiting has indeed gone to another level under Ben Johnson. All right, let's wrap up this Scoop podcast with a quickie conversation from the Vikings locker room on Thursday with Vikings kick returner, actually punt returner, excuse me, not kick returner, maybe one day kick returner, but punt returner slash wide receiver, Jalen Rager. Jalen, how did the bye week uh, go for you? That was good. Just got to relax and, uh, you know, recover the body, get the mental back right and back now ready to get to it. When you say relax, does that entail, did you stay here in town or did you go home? Did you go see family? No, I, you know, it was, it's just, you just kind of, you just relax in all certain ways. I don't want to say exactly what I did, but I relaxed, you know, got away from the game and, uh, you know, just mentally, physically, and made sure that I came back ready to go. As you guys sit here now through six games, but, you know, Patrick just told us, hey, he looks at this as this is now the second half of the season because of the bye week breaking things up. Is that how you view things? And now this is the real push the second half? Um, absolutely. I mean, you hear from a guy like that, you know, he's been around for a minute, so he knows how it goes. And, uh, you know, it's a, a stretch, you know, you have you go week by week by week and you just keep going. So this is a, you know, you don't get a break after this. So you just, you just prepare. That's like I said, getting away, preparing your mind, body, you know, your spirit and just, you know, getting ready to, um, make this run. The fully padded practice yesterday into today meetings and just being around the guys, you feel like guys have responded from the bye. Well, guys are, you know, fully focused on Sunday and Hey, we have this task at hand and the buys in the past. Um, yeah, because it's still, it's still something that we, we've done. You know, it's just that was just a week. You know, it, it really flew by, honestly. It's not really a long time. So it didn't seem like we, you know, we lost a, lost a step at all. How much more is there to unearth to your game in this offense? Like, 
I want to see some fly patterns. I want to see you running down the field and Kirk throwing it 50 yards to you. Are we going to see that? Uh, like I always say, man, it's just it's really ultimately not up to me. But you know, I want to I want to be doing those things as well. But it's just it comes. You know, sometimes it just comes. You know, sometimes in the game, um, I may get in, and that just may be the case. But you know, as of now, you know, I, they you know they scheme up things for certain people and you know certain defenses, and um, you know hopefully we'll see that in the near future. What stands out about Arizona secondary? Um, they do a lot. They do a whole lot as far as inverting and stuff like that. But, you know, we, we have a lot of stuff to try to combat the things they do. And uh, it'll be a fun game Sunday. Jalen Rager, one of the players that Quasi Adofa Mensa has traded for. He also traded for Ross Blacklock. Then go back to draft weekend. All the wheeling and dealing Quasi did. So we know Quasi likes to make trades. Trade deadline Tuesday. I am on record from this week on Score North saying I will be surprised, not shocked, but surprised if the Vikings do nothing. That there's enough dialogue going on. Now I get it. Most trades talked about never happen but I imagine based on the amount of dialogue the Vikings are having that they can make something happen so we'll know by Tuesday afternoon all right we are done have a wonderful weekend everyone always appreciate you listening this has been scoop podcast episode 402 stay safe stay sane